So this is what I had playing in my head while Jesper Brett scored a hat trick in Tampa on Sunday. I'm the Brett. These are the things that I think about. Welcome everybody to the Trap Podcast. I am your host, Bill Botch. Welcome. We have a uh, exciting show today. We have a uh, special guest. My brother Kyle Botch is in town from Florida on a hangover. Thanks for having me on, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the show, buddy. Um, what do you think? Do you like the new? Uh, do you like the new digs? I do. I do. <laughs> All right, enough, enough. Looks pretty good down here. We it got does. some cool things going on. It gets weird down here. Say hi to uh, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. How, How you doing, doing there, buddy? Good, good to see you. Okay. Well, um, it's been a tale of two games. So the Devils came off of a really important statement win on Sunday in Tampa, and um, we'll start with that. We'll start with the good, and then we're going to go through what we saw over the past two nights, uh, the past two games, and we'll get into what we have coming up this weekend. But um, so obviously the the star of the story was our boy Jesper Bratt, who he totally needed a night like Sunday. Jesper Bratt was hurting. He was he was lost for a little while. He had moved up and down the lineup, and we obviously all know what he's capable of, but he wasn't producing. He was starting to get a little flack. I'm sure he was hearing it in between him and he was not producing. It was important for one of those guys to show up in such a – important game it felt like a little playoff series almost you're playing versus a team who has a ton of experience Tampa's just built to play in big games like that they're they don't give up any space in the neutral zone they play the game the right way there's a lot of structure and the Devils really dominated the game in my opinion um and it, it was it was it wasn't just like Jesper Bratt took over the game and I thought the whole team really outplayed them. If you look at the analytics and you look at the underlying numbers, the Devils and the deserved to win meter were at 70% over Tampa on the road in a game that they definitely had to, they had to win. Um, but uh, it was a really, it was a performance that you could really get behind. It was good to see the team just play the way that we know that they can. Um, so let's get into it. It started off actually with a pretty, it was a fluky turnover by uh, Ryan Graves. 
He had the puck in his own net, on the side of the net, went to pass it up through the middle, an outlet pass, and kind of like whiffed on it. And it ended up on, um, it ended up with Kucherov putting one in the back of the net. And you thought, oh, geez, like, here we go. Defensive sloppy, you know, sloppy playing your own end. We had had some trouble with that. But, and then what happened after that? The Devils gave up another one, right? Did they? Yeah, they gave up another one to Kalorn. And it was 2 nothing. Um, but the Devils literally came right back after that, and that's when Rat scored his 28th of the season with an assist from Heischer and Severson. There was a couple weird goals. Vasilevsky definitely didn't have his best game. There were a lot of goals from pretty much right inside the blue line that made it through. And I think um, there's some guys in this game who aren't on the score sheet that had a lot to do with the goals. I mean, there was a lot of traffic in front of the net. And people were driving to the net on multiple goals. You had the the foot goal where Mike McLeod drove to the net. It was good to see foot get on the board. I mean, I thought foot played a great game, and we'll get into the fourth line in a minute here. But um, you had an, the other Brat goal where he shot it from right inside the blue line, kind of curled around and shot it from inside the blue line. It found its way through traffic. But um, it... Brat was, re he was really good. It wasn't just his goals either. He actually was involved in the Nico goal where he created a turnover along the boards that um, led to uh, Heischer beating Vasilevsky from in between the dots for the most part, high slot, which you've seen recently. Nico has kind of gotten on fire and he's letting that wrist shot go that I keep talking about where that quick release and he's beaten goalies from far out. That's a good, that's a good sign. Cause we know that he could score from in front of the net. You know what I mean? Um, but Timo Meyer has obviously, what are your thoughts on Timo Meyer so far? I mean, he's been with the team for what, two, three weeks now. I feel like over the last week, he's really starting to settle in. Um, he got off to a slow pace production-wise in the beginning, even though I felt like he was driving play. His underlying analytic numbers look really good. A lot of shots on net, led the team with, with hits. Um, but it looks like over the last week and a half, week, he's really turned it on. What are, your, uh, what are you seeing from Timo Meyer? Well, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think over the course of, again, the last maybe – four or five games, uh, he's really starting to settle in, you know, it's, and you're seeing the player that, that, you know, we wanted when we traded for him. So, um, I think, you know, it's, you get, we got to learn a whole new system when you, when you get traded, you know, uh, middle of the season. And, um, again, it's going to take some time to settle in, but I think he's, he's really come on strong and you just see how big and physical he is and, really can push play and, you know, control the puck well. And it, it's it's going to be awesome having him going into the playoffs. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, he, he's become – he's like one of my favorite players already. I just like the style of game that he plays. Right. He He's like been really productive. He's scored quite a bit since he's been here. But he hasn't had like what he's known for where he has these crazy shots and stuff like that. He's just like grinding out teams better than everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. 
He had the goal, uh, the game tying goal in last night versus the Minnesota, where he kind of had a wrap around and and snuffed it in the side there. He's definitely just been uh, a real driving force, and he looks like he has a lot of chemistry with Nico and Brat on that top line. You know, it went from having it was literally like Timo, Jack, and Brat. Then they drop Brat down, put Boquist on that line, and you had Nico, Mercer, and Tatar who were playing really well. And Jack has hasn't been able to get going. Um, and they tried to switch it up. And I I've always liked Brat with Nico. That has been I've stood by that from I think they just complement each other really well. And adding a guy like Meyer who can play along the boards and drives to the net and has a ton of skills, a natural shooter, makes a lot of sense. And it was really cool to see not only Brat have the hat trick, but he scores his 30th of the season on the same night that Nico scores his 30th of the season. They kind of came into the league together as rookies and um, they're two just so such important foundational pieces of the organization. He really hoped to see them get a contract just squared away with Brat, so we could kind of put this shit in the past and worry about playing hockey and hopefully winning Stanley Cups. Um, but, you know, there's moments, and I, I had a Twitter post about it, but I feel like the great teams, there's moments in seasons that you remember that are that separate the really great teams from the struggling teams like that we've been for so long and typically it's not necessarily like some crazy play that happened on the ice but it's uh it's like a it's a show of like brotherhood or a show of respect and love for one another and that they're doing it for each other and i just thought that like the moment when nico put the fisherman hat on Brat on the bench it was just a good summary of how this season has been and um, how comfortable Nico is as a leader to where during the game he's, you know, he feels comfortable enough to do that and how even Brat like let it sit on his head and he put it on his head for a little while and kind of played with it. And it was, it, it just, it, it, it's starting to feel like a family, which is the most important thing when it comes to success for me as a hockey team is any good hockey team you've ever been on. And Kyle, like you played on the best youth hockey team that I've ever just been around. And the people that you played with on that Jack Walchesson, Sean Matthews team, or Joe Walchesson, obviously, but yeah. Joe Walchesson, Sean Matthews team. It's like, those are people that become friends for the rest of your life. Those are teammates that are different, which is why like, teams that win the Stanley Cup still talk to one another. They're still best friends. They get together for these events and stuff. And you're starting to see like a little bit of that with the Devils and like that scene at the end of the game on Sunday with, with Jesper Bratt was pretty awesome. I mean, that's what you play the game for is really to get to that point where you're celebrating your first hat trick, your first 30 goal season. With, your best friend who just had a 30 goal season and your first trip to the playoffs where you're really like the core of the team and shit like that. So to me, that was really cool. I mean, you had to have liked that. Couldn't agree more. 
Um, another kid who, to me, I was blown away with on Sunday was Kevin Ball. Kevin Ball killed it on Sunday. I thought that was could have been his best game as a professional. He, you know, the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Ball is he's big, he's rangy, he's physical, he can clear the front of the net. Stuff like that, all stuff that is very useful. Um, every team needs a guy like that. He, he obviously is a huge man. He's only a kid. He's only 22. But the thing that he gets underrated for is his smart, his puck possession, and the way that he controls the puck in the offensive zone. He's pretty damn good at finding open ice, getting pucks to the net, getting pucks through like he's been really impressive to me as far as handling himself in the offensive zone and not to keep picking on Brendan Smith because one shouldn't have anything to do with the other really and this isn't about me not liking Brendan Smith but my point is Brendan Smith is known for being more of a stay-at-home physical big defenseman and he tries to jump into the play in the offensive zone and always gets caught out of position and I couldn't be happier with what I've seen with Kevin Ball because he really makes intelligent plays to where he doesn't, he's not risking odd man, odd man rushes the other way in order to contribute offensively. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, just again, not making kind of boneheaded, <clears throat> boneheaded risky plays um, when you don't, you don't need to. Um, he handles himself with a lot of, you know, he's very composed and again, just plays smart hockey. So, um, that's really important, you know, going down the stretch and going into the playoffs that, uh, that we have someone like him. Um, you know, one of the lines that has been a little bit of a, uh, a problem for us has been our fourth line. There's been a lot of coming and going between our wingers, you have to be happy with what you've seen out of Mike McLeod. Mike McLeod has been, Mike McLeod is a different person than he was a year ago. Totally, yeah. I mean, he just, he's grinded it, grinded it out. I think he's, is, is he third in the league in, in Charles uh, percentage? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's just a, he's kind of a, you know, he's quick. He, he, I just, I love the way that he's he's been playing. And I've been saying that for, you know, Probably almost going on two months now. Yeah, he's had a good season, period. And uh, he was a guy where at the beginning of the season with all the controversy going on around him, and he, I don't know, he's had seasons where he had looked a little um, unsure of himself and his decision-making. He had taken a bunch of stupid penalties from time to time. Um, I could, you can't be happier than what you've seen from Mike McLeod. He, I mean... Anytime he's on the ice versus another fourth line, it's a mismatch. He is forechecking incredibly hard. He's, I mean, he's, basic, he's, basically like multiple times a game, Mike McLeod is like flying down the wing and he's like sticking his leg out and going around the net. And like, he just is delaying, he's delaying the game. He's letting things open up. I'm not saying he gets it on, you know, his winger stick all the time or anything, but he, he's doing, he's in the offensive zone. For sure. I mean, again, to have a fourth liner like that, I mean. It's been really good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so 
you know, one of the things that hasn't really been fair to him is he's had a lot of moving pieces when it comes to his wingers. And Miles Wood has been dog shit all year. And, you know, Ruff really never benched him, never sat him. So, like, he's kind of dealt with Miles Wood on one side of him. And we all love Nate Bastion. And Nate Bastion plays very hard, but he's dealt with some injuries and stuff. And, I mean... I have no problem with Nate Bastion in the lineup playing on a fourth line, but you know, Yegor Sharangovich hasn't really had a chance. Hasn't really, he's kind of lost his place on this team and rightfully so. I, I thought that he wasn't skating the way that I know that he could. I didn't think he was playing as good defensively as he could, as I thought he could. He obviously has that great shot, but they were putting him on the fourth line and I was a little concerned. I'm like, that's really not his game. He's really not a heavy player. He doesn't play with a ton of speed, but he can play smart defensively and like potentially not make, he doesn't take a lot of penalties. Um, I didn't think it was the ideal situation for him, to be honest with you, especially when they had Lazar playing. And shit, I was wrong. Like this, this is actually probably some of the best hockey that I've seen um, Sharon Govich play all season. Uh, it probably is the best. And, it, and a lot of it probably has to do with the matchups, but if you have Mike McLeod outperforming or, you know, a better one-on-one -on -one matchup versus whoever, what center he's playing against, and I think Sharon Govich clearly has more skill than most fourth-line wingers, he, I thought the past two games, the fourth line, they put Nolan Foote up, and he comes up and plays because Curtis Lazar gets an upper-body injury, and Foote played awesome too. And now you're like, holy shit, this line actually looks like legit. They were probably, I mean, they probably weren't our best line, but they have been maybe our second best line the past two games. Um, they don't get the kind of ice time that the Hughes and Heischer line get, respectfully, but um, you have to love what you've seen out of them. It was great to see Nolan Foote get on the board. I thought he played good against the wall. I thought he played good defensively and he was able to get pucks to net. He beat Vasilevsky on a one-timer from a sharp angle that ended up hitting the post. But he was able to let one go as McLeod drove the net and he was able to get a goal on the team. And the question is, where does Miles Wood fit in on this team? Because I, I don't think there's a spot for him. And what's so funny is Miles Wood was in a crypto Twitter spaces during the Devils game as his replacement was scoring the goal. Yeah, I, I saw that. I think it was, was it, was it during the game or was it like five minutes? It, he after, was coming after and going game, from it, Right, I think. yeah. I mean, which... A crypto Twitter spaces. Yeah. I, I Like, you can't, come on. <laughs> that's awful that's awful yeah so it's like uh, at least have a burner account to you know right to check that you're gonna out. go it's under like... your official account you're gonna be hanging out on twitter spaces talking about cryptocurrency while you're a professional athlete and your team's on the ice come on man you were mr i'm sick and tired of playing for a bad team and now and now your team is 10 11 games away from the playoffs and you're not even watching the game. It's like, yeah, that's that. That's disappointing. And you know, you 
you would would hope that Wood would be at least a locker room guy, you know, kind of rallying the team with, again, the game that he plays. He plays with 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 a lot of passion, but he does not play smart. Um, you again, you would think that he would kind of be rallying for these guys instead of checking out, you know, his crypto investments. You're supposed to be you're supposed to be one of the leaders. You're one of the old guys. So that was interesting. Um, so the Devils got that win, and it was a good win. And, you know, they've played a lot of hockey recently. It's been insane. Uh, so they, they end up, they come home, and they have this game on Tuesday versus the Minnesota Wild. I went with my buddy Jamie Murray. Shout out to him. Um, and... Yeah, we, it, it was it was a good time. There was a lot of people there. The weather was beautiful. It's kind of nice to like go to games, and it's warm weather. It's the spring. Smoked a, smoked a cigar outside in the parking lot. Yeah, well, I mean, I live in Florida, so um, we went on... Uh, me and Dad went on Saturday night, uh, to, last Saturday, to the, the Panthers game. It was 80 degrees out, so kind of get spoiled with those games. Yeah, you know, one of the things that has been, um, one of the things that, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be a dead horse, but, you know, you see what's going on with Jack Hughes, and, like, Jack Hughes clearly is in a rut. And it happens to all players. Like, I'm not overly, I'm not overly concerned at all. I think he's more concerned than I am, to be honest with you. It's like Sidney Crosby goes through ruts. 10 years into his career, you know what I mean? Like, it's okay. But he's, like, pressing so hard. Um, and I think I think that he, earlier in his career, that was kind of his... He was pressing. Exactly. He was, just, he, he was just trying to force it a little too hard. And, you know, when he was rolling earlier this, this season, it was, ju- it was effortless and... He was just... He wasn't thinking. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't thinking. And, you know, so one, one of the things that when I look at his game that has always been a question mark for me is that he plays a very erratic game to where, you know, me and you have kind of gone back and forth about this. It's like, you know, sometimes he looks like he's so far ahead of the game that you're wondering if his line mates can keep up with him. But at the other hand, I'm thinking maybe he is just not, doesn't know what the hell is going on with the game. He's physically a lot more gifted and talented than everybody, but there's no structure and he's just throwing the puck all over the ice. And it's one thing to do in your offensive zone. It's another thing to do in, your, in the defensive zone. And I was a little disappointed to see him throw the puck in front of the net in the game last night versus Minnesota. Um, that was a game that you knew was going to be tight. Minnesota plays a very good defensive game. Um, they've had good goaltending. They like to muck things up. They remind you of the Devils, like from back in the day. They're kind of like boring. But they're good. They've won, I think, 12 of their last 16. And... He just turned the puck over in the middle of the ice by like doing a spinorama in front of his own net. And I thought, oh, geez, like, what are you doing, Jack? And then 
he kind of like did it again. He had another giveaway, and he he was he was skating with the puck on his stick a lot, which means which is typically is is a good thing. That that means that we're in control of the puck. We have possession. The problem I am noticing is that Brat didn't play well on Jack's wing. That's pretty damn good. Right. Okay. Timo Meyer didn't really play well on Jack's wing. Timo Meyer's pretty damn good. Timo Meyer played on the third line pretty much, not by himself, but on the third line, like, we're going to allow you to try to drive play. And he was great on the third line, playing with Halla and I think Palat. Yeah, right. Halla and Palat. Um, regardless, you get what I'm saying. He was playing on the third line, he was driving play. Now, Dustin Mercer, it's kind of been MIA for the last couple of games. Dude was just on an 11 game scoring streak. It's like, it's no way it's all these players. It's like maybe Jack doesn't play with any structure at all. And it really makes it hard for his line mates to know where the fuck they're supposed to be on the ice. You know what I mean? Right. And maybe that's why it's better. Not better, but maybe that's why a guy like Halla, who I understand, he doesn't finish the way that people want him to, which he had that two on one that he had in the Tampa game where he wasn't going to one time it. He, grabbed it and he let it go that's a goal literally 95 percent of it he did nothing wrong that was like right right over the shoulder you know what i mean that was a well that was a well executed play and i get it like Halla hasn't squared as much as we'd like but Halla plays his balls off for sure and i think through throughout a lot of jack's success this season Hall is doing stuff behind the scenes. I mean, Jack makes his own magic happen, and but you know, there are you know, they may not be assists, but it was, it was something that ha might have happened earlier in uh, the play that doesn't end up on the score sheet that Hall was doing to allow Jack to, you know. Well, yeah, it's great to have somebody doing a lot of the dirty work, and like, I'm not saying heavy lifting. That I'm not. I'm not. That makes it sound like you're degra I'm degrading what Jack's doing, and I'm not doing that. But that's not the game he plays at all. And it's like, it, you know, it takes a lot to go for a puck, to make a play on a puck when you know that you're going to get smoked. Totally. And that's what you see. Halla does that. Palat does that. And last night, Jesper Boquist did it. Jesper Boquist got crunched like three different times where he got crunched like but he did it to make a play and he knew what he had to do he knew he was going to get hit and he leaves himself in a vulnerable position but he takes a hit to make a play and like that's kind of where you don't see the production that doesn't show up on the stat sheet but that's really what good teams do and that's that's another thing that like kind of like they're the glue that kind of keeps the teams together it's like Halla has Halla has been really good, and they're saying that he came out this week, and he said, "I'm looking for a house in New Jersey," and he's got a wife and and a kid and everything. He's kind of bounced around the league a little bit. He scored thirty goals. Like he's seen some shit, and he plays the game the right way. He plays the game like a grown man. He's not somebody you ever have to worry about. No character issues. Never. You, 
when he's out there, you don't have to worry about him making a bad play. Um, and those are the kind of guys that you really love. And I was trying to explain this to dad. I was like, it's just great having, as a coach, you love to have players like that. And when you saw that tribute for Andre Palat on Sunday, it's like, that's real love. When you see the love they have for Palat because Palat took so many big hits, blocked so many shots, scored so many big goals, grinded in front of a net, getting his head taken off. It's like, those are the players that are going to, and that's why I think like a guy like Dawson Mercer is going to be such an important playoff picture player in the playoff picture down the line because he's the type of guy that just does the grimy stuff and has to get into those areas of the ice. Same thing with like a Nico Heischer and like even like a Timo Meyer. That's not Jack's game. I don't want him to do that because you don't want to see him get hurt. But at some point, you have to learn how to be have some chemistry with your line mates. And if you just go totally fucking rogue, it's like your stats might look good and your numbers might look good, but, I mean, you can't do it all yourself, dude. You can't do it all yourself. And, like, we don't have to get it. We'll get into it. We might as well. He had 10 shots on net, and that's a good thing. There's no doubt about it. That is always a good thing. But five of the shots came in overtime, and, you know, this may be a controversial thing to say, but I would be lying if I said anything different. I was at the game. I couldn't help but feel like Jack Hughes was selfishly trying to get out of his slump by scoring a game-winning goal in overtime. And I get it. If he doesn't hit the post and that goes in, you know, nobody's saying shit. But I'm going to call a spade a spade dude was literally taking every single shot and it's like that's kind of one of the reasons why i get surprised sometimes when they put sharon govich out on the three on three because i don't think he has the best decision making when it comes to puck possession his shot is obviously his shot is great i, I love it it catches people so off guard it's so heavy too he misses the net a lot but um I just felt like Hughes was pressing so hard. He wasn't looking for anybody else at any point. And he was, you know that three on three is a puck possession game. And he was willing to give up puck possession to take bad shots. Yeah, I mean, and again, I love Sharon Govich's shot, not to, to completely change the subject, but I mean, that's why it's a little risky having I mean he, he's obviously great on on the penalty kill I actually am a big fan of him on the PK um but you know if you're if you're not hitting the net it's you know you're you're really rolling the dice on on a, a turnover in, in a three on three so and like that's why you know you look at this is like how I value players I think Jack Hughes is the most skilled player on the team and I think he's going to be uh, a franchise player, and I think he's going to lift the Stanley Cup one day, and it's a, in a big part will be due to him. But it's why I think Nico Heischer is the most valuable player on the team, and it's because anybody can play on Nico Heischer's wing and be successful. Tatar, Mercer, Meyer, Brat, Palat, it doesn't matter who you put with him, he's going to make him good. And it's like, because he plays a fundamentally sound game. So 
it's people can pick up on it when you know one of the things that pisses me off is our power play has been a serious struggle for us and you need to get this shit fixed if you want to be successful in the playoffs totally so i personally i want brett carrying the puck through the neutral zone and gaining the blue line yep hughes carries the puck through the neutral zone he typically it has a shit ton of speed, obviously, and he crosses over the blue line. And then I'm sure he has a game plan in mind, but it looks like the puck ends up on its end a lot, way more than anybody else. Like the puck ends up rolling and he gets through that one defender and then there's two defenders there and it basically becomes freestyling. When... Brat carries the puck on the right side over. What he does is he gains the red line, then he uses his body and he peels towards the boards and basically blocks the puck off. And then he has an option to either get it back to the point and then Dougie moves it over to Jack and they move around, or he can back up and then like he can buy some time and let some plays develop and he can even try to get it deep. But a lot of the times he, he peels off towards the boards he supports the puck, then he gets it back to Hamilton, and then they set the power play up. When Jack does it on the, on the left side, he gains his own, and then it's it's like it's him. He's outnumbered. It's him versus two people. He doesn't. He's not. I don't know what he. I don't know where he's going with it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. No. He's. It, I. I do agree with that. It's. He doesn't. He doesn't give us. He gives himself a great opportunity, maybe, to go in and take a shot or something. But he's. It's you know we're we're on a power play. We have to set it up, and it just kind of never you know fizzles out. It, it hasn't been. It hasn't been good. I I like that they have moved Meyer. They're trying to move Meyer. They don't want him in front of the net. You want Nico in front of the net, and it's like you want Meyer on a flank. They the. The power play is stale, and it's because you know what the, they'll do on the power play. What are they going to do with the power play? They're going to get the puck. Dougie Hamilton's going to have the puck. He's going to pass it to Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is going to skate into the top of the circle. He's either going to try to get a like, wrist shot, or he's going to try to pass it across the ice to Jesper Bratt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's, yeah. No, there's no guessing going on. Right. And that's why, like, I kind of like when they do the when they have a five on three, which I mean, everybody likes when their team has a five on three. But they're kind of like set up a little different. They're like, we're going to keep the puck below the goal line, and we're going to move the puck below the goal line, and, and work our way out. They're they're too stagnant. They're not moving around enough. There needs to be. They need to move more. Like, get some rotation going on. You know what I mean? Right. The team is littered with. Superstar yeah, players. All, all this why are they? Yeah. Why are they standing in the same spot? Like, if I know what they're going to do on the power play, every other right. John coach, Cooper knows. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you're gonna need. To, you're, they're gonna need to get that fixed, and and I don't know how you do that. Um, but it, it needs to happen quick. I know it's and you know, just that. Power play one has so much talent on it. It's really been disappointing that they haven't been able to get anything going. We're going down, you know, the stretch. There's what eleven games left. Going into the 
playoffs, you know, probably facing a really hot Rangers team, they have to be able to, they have to be able to, to um, convert on the power play. You saw, was it the Panthers last year that just absolutely could not score on the power play? And you can't it win. Just, it sunk them. Absolutely sunk them. And it's like, you know, one of the things that you've noticed is the officiating has been the refs have put their whistles away, dude. Right. Like, right. It's like the playoffs is, have almost started. Right. And, you know, you got to – if you get a power play, like, you don't want to be short-handed against the Rangers either. Right. Um, the Rangers obviously couldn't win versus Carolina last night. Um, and, you know, we talk about – the Devils have an opportunity to win the division. So Carolina's played two more games than us. We're down by one point now, right? Or is it two? Um, We're down by two points, and we and we have, and they have two games at hand. It's a lot. It's a lot to overcome in eleven games, but their schedule is not easy. I think they have Boston, Toronto, Rangers coming up, and the Devils' schedule is. Buffalo has given up. Ottawa has given up. But they do have the Islanders who are going to be fighting for a playoff spot, and they do have the Rangers coming up. That's going to be tough. But six points in 11 games, I mean, you could do that, and you would be really helping yourself out if you were able to win the division and not have to play the Rangers in the first round of the playoffs. That w- I mean, that would be huge. We were just talking about this earlier, um, you know, offline. I really, really, really want to see this team get through at least one, you know, one round of the playoffs with with win. You know, we got a bunch of young guys on this team. Uh, getting wins in the playoffs is going to be, you know, it's going to be crucial. For our fu- for the team's future moving forward, you know, it, over the next the course of the next five, six, seven years. Who would you rather see the Devils? So, we have a question that was asked to us by uh, all the damn vamps on Twitter, Nicole, who uh, always shows lots of love. So shout out to her. But um, she was asking, who do you want to see the Devils play in the first? Who would you rather see the Devils play in the first round? If it's up to me, it's like, I think I want to see him play the Islanders. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's not gonna, that's not going to happen though, you right? Know? Right. Or or Pittsburgh. I mean, I would take either one of uh, of those over the Rangers right now. Obviously, it's like not even it's not even close. The Rangers look scary good right now, and you know. They're they're the hot team, so um, you don't want to be eliminated in in that first round. And they have a ton of experience. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's funny. Dad like talks about Patrick Kane like he's some like total scrub, and it's like he's the best American player ever, and he has like won how many cups? Like the guy's been around. Like, right. And then they got they got what um, Tank Tarasenko. You know, he's got a cup under his belt, too. These are guys that know how to play in big situations. You know what I mean? Like, they're not relying on them to win them games. Right, right. These are just extra pieces. 
that they got for nothing because they only wanted to play in New York. Kane, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's that's a tough one. I mean, I, I really want to see him try to win the division. I still think that they can do it, and I want to see him go after it. Um, it'll be nice because it's the first time that they've had three days off in a while. I think the team is really tired. Yeah. Uh, they got a back-to-back coming up this weekend, which I can't. I'm looking forward to going to the game. Yeah. It's a Saturday game. We're going up early. We're going up early. Um, I'll leave as early as you want. We're gonna go to Ellie's. We're gonna post up there. We'll get some food, and then we'll walk over if it's nice out and hang out. You know, buy American whiskey and buy Reds. Um. But to keep going on about the team. I think the parent. Go ahead. Can I just uh, again? I don't want to completely go back, but um, you you brought this up when we were talking about you know Halla and uh, Palat putting their bodies on the line and stuff. That Palat video uh, from Tampa Bay. What an incredible job they did. Uh, you know, I thought that was really it was like gave me chills. I'm not crying. You're yeah. crying. <laughs> No, it was... That was really cool. They did a great was, job. It was intense. Things. And, I mean, it just goes to show you, like, the respect that they have for him and, like, what he really did for the team. I loved a lot prior to the Devils ever even getting yeah, Totally, him. totally. Yeah. It, it kind of reminded me of... Um, who was the dude last year? Oh, yeah. Um, and we were, like... We were, we were like, so into him. But uh, anyway, you know who I'm talking about. Are you talking about uh, Point? No, 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 no. Oh, oh. no. The, the dude from Colorado that we were, they were like, geez, this guy is just all over the place. Scores every big goal. Remember? Yeah, I do. Um, now that I'm putting you on the spot, we're not going to really remember it. But yeah, go ahead, pull it up. But uh, yeah, now I just feel like I've always just respected him so much. He's so regal. He's like such a warrior. Um, with Halla, he was saying that he wanted to buy a house in Jersey. And Tom Fitzgerald and they said upper management and everybody is totally in love with this guy. And they want to get him signed long term. And it's like, yo, you get Halla cheap because he doesn't want to move and he could be a part of something. They say like Jack Hughes like thinks he's like the coolest guy ever. You know what I mean? Like, And if you can get him to be part of something, he's going to be a very important piece. I told dad, I said... Don't, Don't be surprised, surprised if Halla doesn't literally turn it on so hardcore. Uh, absolutely. He's he's a, a, a guy you could just see it simmering, and then once the playoffs come, he's going to be shot out of a cannon. Scoring and, all yeah, kinds of yeah. important goals. Absolutely. Like blocking shots. He blocked a shot last night with the inside of his leg, and I was like, damn. He was yeah. crawling off the ice, but he went right back out there and got after it. I would have liked to have seen him got one, get one last night because he, he put it out there for sure. He left it all on the ice. Um I really liked what I've seen recently out of Siegenthaler-Hamilton pairing. Yep. Hamilton had nine shots on goal last night. He drove play for sure. Analytically, he was a darling. And I really like what I've seen from Siegenthaler. He got off to a little bit of a – he had a good, like, first 10, 15 games, and then he had that face shield for, like – half the season it right, felt like right, right. and it, he didn't look like the same player and he's finally come around he's playing like kind of nasty too he is, he is, he i like it he's got a little attitude and he's clearly like a big dude um 
but he was kind of getting getting in the mix the past couple games, and I like to see that because the Devils need need some uh, some of that nastiness. You saw Nico get into it in front of the net and was giving it to it, calling somebody a bitch in front of the net and everything. So that was cool, and. I really liked the way that Graves played last night, too. He broke his stick like three different times on like pretty good scoring chances or opportunities. And um, he's a, you, you don't, you forget, he's huge. He's like 6'5 or whatever. And he was taking those slap shots. And um, yeah, so kept breaking the stick. Anyway, you know, what was weird to see was, out of all the people, they put Marino on the ice for three-on-three, three and he gave the puck away. It's like, geez. Dude literally has made, like, one mistake all year. Right, right. He does it on overtime and three-on-three. Three. It didn't cost him, luckily, but that was, like, so uncharacteristic to see him make a bad play. I was like, oh, shit, where did that come from? You know what I mean? So I'm glad to see he's not going to get a ton of three-on-three three time. Right. You would hate to see him go out there and freaking turn the puck over and have them put it in the back of the net. Um. So, again, one of those guys you just don't have to worry about. He plays such a smart game, so consistent. Um, I'm so glad he's going to be part of the team for the next couple couple of years moving forward. Yeah. So I was talking to Jeff from Devils Insider, and um, one of his buddies last night, season ticket holder, and this guy has been around for a long time. You can tell he knows his shit. It's just like refreshing to talk like real hockey with him. He didn't go to the Devils 95 Game 4 Stanley Cup because he had to pick between Game 4 and Game 6. Oh, wow. What? Which that's, that's a... We know about that. Yeah, yeah, we do, unfortunately. He was at a fish show. Are you and he just... missed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was so at a fish show. Though. He's like, oh, June 24th, 1995. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure the fish show was very fun. There was, yeah. Like, well, there was no internet. So he's like, I had to keep calling to see what the score oh of the game was. But you could tell he's like an old school fan. He's been going, you know, he's probably a couple of years older than me. He's been going a long time. And we were talking, and we were talking about Luke Hughes. like, I mean, guys, like, look at your watch. Like, Luke Hughes is coming. No, I know. Like, I know. winter is coming. <laughs> um, so we have him on the way. Nobody knows what the future holds, my friend. <laughs> no, and um, we have him on the way, and you're thinking to yourself, like, where is he going to fit in? So I, I, I brought this question up to him because I didn't know, and, like, they told me the answer. They were like, so I go, what makes you think that ne that, that Nemitz What the hell is his name? Yeah, that Hughes is a better fit for the Devils in the playoff than Nemitz is. And they were like, well, they can't send Hughes down to play in the Utica for the playoffs. So they're not going to pull Nemitz up, take him out of Utica. And if you, you're going to play, Hughes is going to be on the roster, but he's, he's probably not going to play. Right. And what that's going to do is it does burns a year of his contract, entry-level contract. Yeah, that, I mean... That stinks, but, but it kind of makes sense at least. Right, right. Um, and and we were like, you know, talking about Severson. We're like, you know, it's kind of a shame to see Severson leave. Like, he's played really good. I mean, I know he he just gets so much unfair. You know, you know, and like everybody knows, like 
people people hating on serious center it's like give me a break dude right like, well it's like kind of just like a cliche at this it's point. a joke right yeah. yeah like you're very unoriginal right that you're still hating on serious yeah so he's played he's played incredible he really has he's been very good i mean the the uh it's even in florida at the panthers game the guy i was sitting next to he was a season ticket holder devil's fan flew down for the game and it was just like he just was so negative and every single play that severson made he just had something to say about just screaming at the top of his own it's like god man it's like give the guy give the guy give it up dude give it up yeah i know you know and, and we were talking like you know what if severson took a real hometown discount and you're thinking what would that need to be and I mean, it would need to be cheap. And he doesn't, he's going to get paid six million bucks. Right, like, right. And he's going to end up in Western Canada, where he belongs. And and Jeff from Devil's Insiders was like, straight up, he was just like, Nemitz is Severson. Right. Getting paid $900,000. Who's going to grow and be better? Like, Nemitz is like Sivo. And you're like, it's true. It's true. It's pretty freaking true. No, like, it's true. Very similar type game. Um, but still, I think you, you're going to, to, to miss him when, when he's gone. Yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, you know, I wonder what they're going to do with Graves. Um, cause I think he's played really strong. He just blocks a ton of shots. Um, speaking of blocking shots, man, Yegor Sharon Govich last night, I know I already talked about him, played a great game. He blocked four shots. Like he had four block shots. Um, no, he had four shots and one block shot. Um, and he had a takeaway. He's just, he really impressed me. Like I was, I have no problem keeping him in the lineup, right? It would be hard to even put Bastion in if, depending on what they want to do with foot or Lazar or Wood, like that's very competitive yep. the other side now. So that's a good problem to have because you're going to need some depth and you're going to need some depth as far as like heaviness. Lazar, I don't know what happened with him, but. He's, um, it would suck to see him gone so quick. You know what I mean? He was in and out pretty quickly. Um, you, you have to imagine that, uh, you know, a couple games in the press, press box for Sharon Govich really, you know, got him on his horse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you have Mackenzie Blackwood who's skating. You got Schmid and you got Vanacek. It was awesome to see Vanacek play as well as he did. He didn't, he looked like vintage Vanacek. And um, he's a guy that we need to kind of turn a corner, you know? He, he's definitely, he got into a little bit of a funk. I think his last two games, he's played pretty well. Um, yeah. And I think Schmid has been amazing. Yeah. I don't know where Mackenzie Blackwood fits in in this situation. Are you going to play him now when, like, you have to think, just as a coach and as a leader, you can't think that, all right, well, we're, they're, they're trying to win the division, right? Totally. So you can't be like, well, we're going to give these guys the night off because we clinched, which we can clinch on Saturday. Right. There, there needs to be a couple different scenarios that Pittsburgh has to lose. And then we have to win both games. Okay. Um, but you wonder, like, when is going to be the appropriate time to see if Blackwood is in game form? And what are you going to get when he plays? Because even when he's healthy, he 
you know, he, he's such a wild he's card. He's so up and down. You know, he has nights where he looks incredible. He's two faced. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you you really don't know what you're gonna get, and you know, every every single game is important in the playoffs. Um, if you wanna if you wanna you know roll deep into the playoffs, so I, I think that you have to at least get him some some game reps um down this last stretch before the playoffs and see and see what you got but who uh Mackenzie Blackwood you you're going to play him I think you have I think you have to are you trying to win well i mean why do you have to you have two goalies so you don't think that that McKenzie, I don't think he deserves to play. McKenzie Blackwood plays the rest of the season. I wouldn't play him now. No, I what I, I would be okay with that, but I'm saying if your intention is this to, is what is I, to play, this is him. what I would do. If over the next eleven games they fall statistically, they can't win the division. Right, right. You give them some reps, and you let your goaltenders get a little right, rest. right. No, I could I could see that. Um, Game eighty one and eighty two. Right. Well, I think we brought this up on on the podcast, but the uh, uh, last week. But didn't Ruff come out and say that he was going to carry three goaltenders? Yeah, and and what, what the difference is, you could do that in the playoffs. Right. Right. Okay. I like um. I like the fact that the Devils get two games with two teams who are eliminated. And they're not really playing for anything, you know. This could be an opportunity. I mean, Ottawa is like plays like a really wide open game. I like sometimes when the game's too wide open, the Devils like think they're they go fucking completely rogue, and it's like everyone's freaking all over the ice. It's like the circus. I like I like to see him like try to keep it a little together, play a little fundamentally sound. This could be a game where Jack Hughes like. Gives the puck up five times, but scores fucking 17 goals. Right, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. I'd like to see him just win a normal game. Yeah. Um, well, and you just you want to see him win as many games as possible, you know, build that confidence and go into the playoffs hot. You know, now is, now is the time to go on a heater. Next Thursday. Next Thursday is going to be nuts. Yeah. It's going to be some, gonna some be real crazy. energy. Yeah. It's going to be the last of the shit talking. Like, after this, it doesn't matter. Right. Like, we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah. And holy shit. It's going to be a real... Things are getting very emotional. You're going to see... You'll see in Newark. It's getting emotional. Like, people are... They're in. They're very in. They're bought in. People are acting weird. Yeah. And I like it. It could be a, you know, a good... A really good preview for... What we have. Oh, my God. I can't believe it's been so long since these games have counted, and now that they do, it's like they really mean something. They really mean something. These are important. Like, you have to look. You have to look like the number three overall team in the league over the last ten games because you don't yeah, want to go yeah, in. No, like, absolutely. Yeah. Feeling like the number 15th team. Right. Like, that's not a good look. So to get Brad a hat trick and get him back on the board, despite – Jack having a strange game, I would say. The other night, I thought he did play better because he did skate. He skated with the puck a lot. He's, he's due. Like, he's due. 
I wouldn't be surprised if he had a, just dominated a game Saturday. That That's the kind of defense that lends himself to him, his kind of game. But um, if you can get him going and you get Brat going, Meyer just looks like a fucking horse skating down the ice, dude. He is a monster. He's going to be, and again, He's I, I, can't, I can't wait to watch him open up in the playoffs. I mean, God. His back, dude, is like, it's like a fucking bus. He's a big dude. 6'2", but like 220, just like huge trucking people. Going right to the net, like not even thinking anything of it, you know? Right. And they're trying to like fight him off. and He's just like one hand dangling. I know, dangling. you can see how strong he is on the puck. It's, it's Whoa. Yeah. We're just, we're just like, this is the tip of the iceberg for freaking Timo Meyer. We have like this whole fucking world of Timo Meyer that we're about to like enter. It's awesome. I'm so pumped. He's a guy that like, we don't, we don't have anybody like him. He's a guy that we're like, whoa, all right, this is great. We get him signed long-term, get this brat thing done. Don't be surprised if you don't, if you, I would, don't, Don't be surprised, surprised if you see a Brat deal done during the playoffs, right before the playoffs. You think so? I don't know. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. It's just like, this is what we came here for. We're at this point. Let's move on. Let's get this done. Let's focus on winning. The window's open. Right. And then Meyer has, you know, he's got that qualifying offer, and I think he has a little time to figure it out, but he's going to want to be here. He's loved. Oh, yeah. You, you can he is loved. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I, I can't wait. We're, uh, you get to watch the games on Friday, and then we get to go to the game Saturday together. We got another question. This comes from Jake and Bake, the bodyguard. Kyle. Who is your all-time favorite devil, can be current or old? Scott Stevens. Scott Stevens. Troubled childhood. Troubled childhood? Yeah. If you call being a nine-year-old kid with a 35-year-old girlfriend troubled. I don't know what that has to do with Scott Stevens, but... <laughs> that, is a, that is a good answer, and that is actually my answer, too. Scott Stevens was the ultimate captain. He was a man amongst boys, even though he played in a league filled with men. Yeah. He, nobody matched his intensity. You know, I saw Tory Krug freak out in the penalty box the other night. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Smashing his stick yeah. and yelling. Scott Stevens did that regularly. Yeah. He wanted to literally jump over the glass and rip the ref's head off. He was just uh, a leader. Talk about a playoff player. Oh, my God. Just went to such a different level. I mean, he's like all-time great captain. Like he's not even he's not the best Devils captain. He's like one of the greatest captains of any like, you know, sport team. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 uh, I've no hesitation in saying it and there are so many Devils that I love, um but he just he he just embodied everything that the devils were and I love about hockey. Um, so put it this way. We watched Marty Brodor be the best goaltender in the history of the sport. 
through all his prime years, and Scott Stevens was still our favorite player over here. I know, I know. So, I mean, um, you should definitely check out. I have, um, I have a, what do you call it? A, um, I have an episode that I dedicated to Scott Stevens. So if you haven't checked that out yet, you can go back and take a look at that. Uh, it's on www.thetrappodcast.com. If you guys haven't signed up yet, sign up. And we're going to do some cool giveaways. I have an opportunity for two fans to win center ice tickets. Wow, that's exciting. Can I, get, can I get in on this? Devil's home game down the stretch. Um, we're going to put the contest rules up shortly, but we want to try to get the podcast spread as, as much, much as possible, get as many listeners, get as many followers. I don't make any money off of this shit. If anything, it costs me money. I'm just trying to do it for the love of the game, for the love of the team. And uh, I've had some really cool people reach out to me over the past couple of weeks that have um, been really encouraging and told me what they thought of the podcast and everything. So thank you all for that. But um, yeah, please be sure to sign up or I don't know if you could write a review or anything. I don't really know that much. But uh, yeah, do all that good stuff. But it should be a really great week. And uh, Kyle, I'm looking forward to going through all of it with you and Watching these games together, dude. For sure. Always excited when I can uh, parlay a work trip into uh, a couple of Devils games. Hell yeah. Um, Thank you for having me on. It's always uh, such a treat. And um, let's go Devils, baby. Let's go Devils. I am Bill Botch. You are listening to the Trap Podcast. Have a great night, everybody. We'll get back to you this weekend. Go Devils. Devils.